Life is not always easy. In fact, it can be hard. But the beauty of the Christian life is that we don't face it alone. Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And over the next six weeks, we're going to look at the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the idea that we do not have to go through this life alone. The name of the study is Never Alone. Joining Chris and I is Dr. Dr. Paul Kelly. Uh, Paul is a professor of educational leadership. Paul is the chair of the educational leadership department at Gateway Seminary in California. Hey, Paul, thanks for joining us for this. I'm delighted to be here, man. So, Paul, I just read off your, your uh, t- job title, but tell us all <laughs> what that means. What, what exactly do you do for, for the seminary? Well, you know, what we try to do is we try to help people um, that, are, that are in churches to, uh, to build good ministries that actually do the job of discipling people. So, so people who are putting together uh, Sunday school programs, putting together small group ministries, that kind of stuff. We try to, we try to help folks with that. Personally, uh, I, one of the classes that I teach the most often is called Principles and Approaches to Bible Teaching, where we just walk through how you teach the Bible and how you do it well. Um, and my hope is that, that my students are able to take that and, and use it to, uh, to make Bible teaching more effective in their churches. So, so that's, that's, that's the class I teach most often. That's great. Now, um, back in the day, uh, Dr. Kelly was at Lifeway. We were in student ministry together. And Paul, I remember too, I mean, you, you, even back then, you had such a heart for discipleship that it's just like, it's like that's, a, that's just right in your wheelhouse what you're doing. And it's for that reason, uh, Dr. Kelly has written this study for us called Never Alone, the Holy Spirit in Our Lives. And he's done such an excellent job with writing the personal study guide content for this. And uh, so, Paul, uh, let me just on the outset say thank you for doing that. Well, thanks for the opportunity. I, uh, I I really, really loved getting to dig into this. In fact, you know, as I was writing it, I was teaching it at my church so that the adults there could tell me if this was making sense as we were going through it. So, uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully it's, it's going to connect with folks uh, around the country like it did at my church. That's excellent. So I'm pleased that we're doing this study on the Holy Spirit and helping people understand. Uh, I've, through my ministry, I've always had the conviction that um, the generation before me, my, my, I, I refer to <laughs> as my father's generation, they were really uncomfortable talking about the, the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, as, I, as I reflect back, listen to my dad, to conversations I had with my dad, um, he, he got it, but he also had that background where that fear of, of uh, charismatic Pentecostal, uh, speaking in tongues, and all of the things that, that surround that, I think caused that that generation to say, hey, we're just not going to go there. What do you guys think? You know, I think, I think that um, there's part of our faith that, that really works really well in our head, you know, that, that, that when we come up with good concepts, good ideas, good theology, that that's, that's an important component in our faith. But there's part of our faith that's a little mystical, a little less um, uh, in our head and a little more in our heart. And I think when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, that we move into that element where we relate directly to God. And, and I think it's so important for us to keep in mind that, that, that our faith is not just about our theology, that it's about a legitimate, real, 
working relationship with God where we interact with him and we get to know him. And it seems like to me that that, that that's the role that the Holy Spirit brings to it. So I think sometimes it, it's that element that's a little mystical, a little hard to define that sometimes causes folks to shy away from the study of the Holy Spirit. I think that's a great explanation. I really do appreciate you you saying that. Um, so we, we today we're going to launch into an introduction uh, of the work of the Holy Spirit. We're going to do it from the Gospel of John. We just finished a study on the Gospel of John. If you're a Bible Studies for Life um, user, you we we spent uh, six weeks in the spring talking about uh, Jesus' farewell discourse in John, and and so we're back in John a little bit just to introduce the uh, what Jesus taught us about the Holy Spirit. Yes, Chris, I was thinking that as we were doing that study called uh, Living Life Connected to Christ, John 13, 14, 15, and there, I can imagine a lot of us, a lot of you in your groups may have gone, hey, why are we skipping verses 26 and 27? Those are <laughs> such good verses. Well, let me tell you, it's because of this study. We knew this was coming up. We want to save those verses uh, for this section. And what we're really wanting to do is, uh, I think as we talk about the work of the Spirit, uh, let's start with where we're I think we've all ex- first experienced him. That is that, that work of his conviction. Uh, so that's our focus in this first session. Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, and he points to the truth of salvation. So uh, tell you what, guys, let, let me just read verses 26 and 27. I'm going to turn it over to you uh, both uh, to comment on. Uh, Jesus said, when the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You also will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. So, Paul, we uh, in the uh, Christian Standard Version use the term counselor. Um, is there is there a disconnect? Does that work well for us to understand the work and the role of the Holy Spirit as counselor? You know, I think I think counselor is not a bad word to approach that. You know, I, I think that there's a couple of ideas that get woven together in the way that 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 this word, that this Greek word is used. I, I think maybe the word advocate is 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 a little bit a little bit stronger, just because the, the the idea is that the Holy Spirit comes alongside us. It's not like we're sitting down on the couch, you know, and he's kind of going through things, though, though he certainly, you know, will will convict us and, and guide us towards, towards truth, but that he also that walks alongside us to to be our advocate to the Father, to uh, to 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 help uh, help the help us to uh, to have a sense of of uh, uh, of, of of connection to 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 God in a very in a very real way um, that that He is um, the one who is with us, the one who's present through all that kind of stuff. So I I think I think that maybe. Uh, Maybe that the advocate is a is a good is a good word to use for that as well. You think of an advocate, I think of that lawyer, that kind of that attorney, that idea of someone who's standing alongside me. And and I've heard in the past, I haven't heard it in a long time, but talking about counselors in the same sense, an attorney being that counselor counselor at law. That and what we tend to do in our culture is think of counselors in terms of therapy, which is certainly valid. And even talking about the Holy Spirit, that role of he's there to, in that sense, to counsel me. But I think you hit it well. It's also even more so that he is my advocate. He's the one standing with me. He's the one standing for me. We mentioned that um, 
in the study uh, previous to this that we, we were in the in the Gospel of John and in John 14 uh, is the first time Jesus refers to this when he's talking to the disciples. He says to them, I'm going to uh, ask the Father, he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. So there's our introduction to um, who, who the Holy Spirit is and what he does for us. And those are great promises to know that we're not alone. He is with us forever and he is the spirit of truth. Yeah, I, I know, you know, as, as the disciples are facing the, 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 the arrest of Jesus, the trial, the, the crucifixion, all those things that are to come, that Jesus is talking about leaving them. And, and these are guys who've devoted their whole lives to Jesus. They've, they've, uh, they've given up, you know, their, their livelihoods in order, to, in order to follow him, that they've, they've, uh, uh, they've put all of their hopes, they've pinned all their hopes on Jesus and probably didn't really understand what that was going to mean or what that was going to look like. You know, I think, I think they still sort of held out hope that he was going to be an earthly king, you know, that would take, uh, that would take direction and all that. So for him to say that he was going away had to be this, this huge sense of abandonment, huge sense of, of, of being isolated alone, um, you know, of, of all of that kind of stuff. But I, but I think that's important because a lot of times in our lives, we end up feeling this sense of being on our own alone, that, that we don't have, um, right. that, that the things that, that, that we uh, have hoped for and have, have, have longed for, you know, maybe don't work out. And that those, those situations where our lives are just not where we hope that they are, we'd hope that they are, you know, I think about, uh, about, you know, somebody who goes through a divorce and they're, they're all of a sudden, you know, what they had pinned their hopes and their dreams on is not, is not really uh, working out, you know, or, or of, of, of someone who had trained their whole life for a career and then gets fired after the first few weeks of a job, that it's so easy just to feel that sense of abandonment and to, to know that God is present, that God is with us, that God walks through those lonely, difficult times with us seems, seems really important to me. It really does. You know, in the Old Testament, we have those references, I, you know, I'll never leave you, I'll, I'll never forsake you. And, and all of a sudden, in the life and the ministry of Jesus, he, and as we get into the, um, uh, the work, the, the church in um, Acts and in Paul's writings, uh, we, we have this connection to, so this is what it means that you're not alone that he is always with you. The God's spirit is with us. Uh, we'll be talking about all of those things the next few weeks, but this again is a great introduction to that. And the nice thing about how Jesus is presenting this to the disciples with him, he comes back to the subject. Uh, you know, he's just you know, I'm going away and you know, I can imagine only half hearing what he's saying from then on because of that. It's just running. Wait, wait, he's leaving. What, what, but he comes back to this, uh, this in John 16, verse seven, Jesus says, but nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. And if I go, I will send him to you. Now, he, now when we get to verse 8, this is where he, Jesus, uh, I'm going to say transitions. He talks about uh, the, the task of the role, uh, role of the Holy Spirit. Because when he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin because they do not believe in me about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father and you will no longer see me, and about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. So the 
main point that we want to get at is this uh, convicting work of the Spirit. But Paul, talk a minute bit about Jesus saying, it's to your benefit that I leave you. That's insane, isn't it? <laughs> 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 to think that your master is leaving you, you know, the one that you're, you're wanting to follow is leaving you, but this is actually good for you. You know, but I think, I mean, I think it's true, right? Because if Jesus, when Jesus was here, he was able to be in one place at a time, you know, he could be with his 12 disciples, but he couldn't be with everybody else at the same time, that when he takes on flesh, that that's the confined way that, that he sort of operates, where when he releases the Holy Spirit, now, God is present. The Spirit of Christ is present with us, every individual, you know, whether you're in Tennessee or California or someplace, you know, in, in, in the remotest parts of the world, that the Holy Spirit is present with us uh, in, in ways that, that Jesus in flesh couldn't be. So, I mean, I think, I think that's what Jesus means. I think he really, he really means that while <laughs> his presence, you know, is rich and sweet, that the opportunity for us to experience the Holy Spirit um, at work day and night, all the time, everywhere we are is, is better. Yeah. I just, <laughs> Paul, I just picture these disciples hearing that and it's just not making sense that even if, if they were to hear what you just said, it would just kind of in one ear and one, one ear and out the other, but then they come to Acts two and they go, Oh, I get it. <laughs> now that they have experienced the Holy spirit in their lives, you know, the lights come on for them. Now it's making sense. Um, but let's kind of look at this uh, first thing that Jesus talks about with the Holy spirit comes what he does for us. Let's talk about this role of the convict, the convicting work he does. Uh, he, identify, he identified three things. He convicts us of sin, convicts us of righteousness, and he convicts us of judgment. So in most of our groups, there won't be a guy like me who will raise his hand and go, listen, I know all about conviction of sin. <laughs> but I can, I can talk about that. I know what that I know what that's like. Yeah, I think I think in 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 a sense there's there's a different emphasis in those three things, but I'm not sure that he's talking about three different things. You know, that that there's this conviction of sin, certainly being aware of who I am and how broken I am. And the conviction of righteousness is really not about my righteousness, but about how far I am from his righteousness. And the conviction of judgment is sort of the natural outcome of what happens because of my sin, that because I'm not who Jesus is, that, that, uh, that I have this um, that, that, that I stand in, in, uh, in a place of judgment where I, I'm, it, it would be right for me to be judged. Yeah, Paul, I think you said that well in what you wrote in the personal study guides. You know, that I realize i uh, convicted of my sin, but I'm also convicted of Jesus's righteousness. And I mean, it's one of those things, as I see my sin, I see Jesus's righteousness and I see Jesus's righteousness. Uh, well, boy, it certainly highlights that I'm, I am not righteous. And then, as you said, that natural outcome is uh, there's judgment coming for me because of my sinfulness. So one of the things we try to do with Bible Studies for Life is to ask questions to create conversations. And several of the questions that we have in this section, I think, are really good. Uh, and I think that will create some conversation. One of those is how would you explain the Holy, Holy Spirit's work of conviction? of sin to a non-believer. So to someone who doesn't know what that means, how would you explain that? Well, that's a great question. I, I, I think that 
um, helping people to know that God is speaking to us, that God is calling our attention to uh, to our own sinfulness. That I I don't that when the Spirit draws us to Himself, when the Spirit calls us to understand. Uh, who we are and who God is, that that it's not just a matter of us getting the ideas. It's that we get a sense of conviction by the Spirit. I'm not sure how you help somebody who's lost to understand that, except that when you have this inner voice that says something about me is not right, that maybe that's the work of the Holy Spirit calling you to um, this, this renewal, this salvation that God has for you, um, to, to, to sort of overcome your sin. So I think, and I, I think we need to help people understand and have these conversations is it's, this is different from conscience. This is, this is deeper. Um, and, and somehow to, to, to differentiate or distinguish between the two. Well, I've heard people talk about, well, the Holy, well, what is the Holy spirit? Who's the Holy spirit in your life? Well, he's my conscience. No, he's separate and distinct from the conscience. In fact, Timothy uh, in his writing, uh, excuse me, Paul in his writing to Timothy makes a reference to those whose conscience have been seared. Well, you don't sear the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think one thing that helps me is to keep in mind, you know, Satan, the devil often likes to bring up my sin, but it's in the sense of t- to condemn me, to show how pathetic a loser I am. Jesus, uh, his spirit convicts us in order to bring us to him. Uh, to to draw us to, to uh, draw us to him in, in that sense of confession and repentance. That, that's just such an important point, Lynn, because because I think sometimes it's easy for us just to get bogged down in how sinful we are, and that's not what the Holy Spirit intends to do. He certainly points out our sin, but it's so that we can experience the forgiveness of Christ, not not so that we can revel and, you know, roll around in our sin and just talk about how sinful we are and how awful we are, but, but that God uses the conviction to draw us to himself, not to, not to push us away as, as being beyond God's love or beyond God's, God's grace. Sure. So as he guides us in a sense to see our sinfulness and to see Jesus in light of that, we're going to see as we look at continuing John 16, he guides us really to understand all truth. Uh, Let me just pick up. And this is still John 16. Let me pick up in verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. And he will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. I love the fact that he that John continues to refer to him as the Spirit of Truth, that he just keeps that in front of us as uh, uh, that Jesus keeps that in front of us as he introduces and explains the work and the role of the Holy Spirit to us. Yeah, and 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 God, the Spirit does just continue to to help us to see uh, and understand. I think in deeper and deeper ways. You know, as it's it's a funny thing to me when I read Scripture how often I see things in a passage that I've read over and over again, that I see things that are a little different and a little deeper. And I really believe that that's the work of the Holy Spirit pointing out things and helping me to understand things. And, you know, the crazy thing for me about this, this, this whole concept of the Holy Spirit is that 
for the disciples, this was the action that the Spirit does to create the inspiration of Scripture, that, that as the Spirit is reminding them of the things that Jesus has said, you know, so that John is not just writing the Gospel of John, you know, from his memory, that it's actually the work of the Holy Spirit that's helping him to do that. And while I don't think that the Holy Spirit, you know, helps us to write Scripture or anything like that, that was heresy. But but what, what he does do is give us deeper insights into who Jesus is, what Jesus is about in our lives, what Jesus is doing to, 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 to grow us and to use us to, to accomplish his kingdom purposes. I love the fact that Jesus makes it clear that the, the function, one of the functions, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus. It is to lift Jesus up. And I think that's, that's always uh, for me, um, a, a good reminder of how, how to have that balance of talking about uh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Um, if, if, the Holy, if the work of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit are, are lifted up and talked about more than Jesus is, uh, we may be out of balance in, in, in our conversations and understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit. And Chris, I think, go back to what you said at the outset of this podcast about, you know, like your father's generation, we really didn't talk much about the Spirit. From, from my own experience, I think this verse here is one reason, well, I should be, I should be pointing to Jesus. I should be pointing to him because that's the Spirit wants to do through me is talk about Jesus. I don't need to be talking about the Spirit. And I think we, in many ways, we might have erred some ways uh, in, in, in trying, to, trying to do what's right. We ended up avoiding ever mentioning the Holy Spirit. I hope that a part of our conversation will be uh, very practical. And again, Paul, I think I appreciate what you have written and how you've written it because you've made it practical and accessible. But I think some conversation around what are some ways the Holy Spirit speaks to us or what are some disciplines that you incorporate into your life to listen and seek the guidance of the spirit uh, again, gets at that relational dynamic or that mystical aspect that we're not always comfortable with, but that we need to have conversations about. And, and I hope this study will help um, help individuals grow in their relationship with, with Jesus. You know, I think I think that that, that Chris is so right about um, putting ourselves in a position where we hear the the work of the Spirit, where we respond to Him, um, where we we hear from Him, and that that does mean sort of creating space where we listen to God. We we get so just surrounded by noise in our lives these days that, you know, I, I, the TV is on all the time or the, or the radio, or I'm on the phone, you know, somebody says that, that we don't have time to be bored anymore because we're constantly looking at what's on our phone. The Holy Spirit doesn't move in the middle of this noise. I, I think, well, the Holy Spirit's always moving, but I'm, I'm not as able to hear the Holy Spirit through this noise um, and, and sometimes it's a matter of setting up some discipline in my life so that I get the other stuff out of the way and give myself just an opportunity to hear the Spirit speaking to me, uh, being present with me, walking with me, advocating for me, that I, I, I need the space in my life to be able to do that. Well said. So as you're, whether you're leading a group or you're a participating group, take to heart what Paul just said and 
let's be praying, asking for the Holy Spirit's guidance as we meet in our groups, as we unpack the study, as we discuss it together, that God's Spirit would move and help us to guide us into all truth. Thanks for joining us for this podcast of Bible Studies for Life, and we really do hope you have a great Bible study this week.